The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are for informational purposes only and solely those of the podcast participants, contributors, and guests, and do not constitute an endorsement by or necessarily represent the views of the Hartford or its affiliates. You're listening to the Small Biz Ahead podcast, brought to you by the Hartford. Okay, Jean, last episode, we teased our listeners with talking about profit sharing plans. Right. First, I want to talk about what you do at your business, and right. then I want to walk through the different options that small business owners, because I think it feels like for a small business owner, especially if you're just starting out, you're like a profit, like I can, like I'm going month <laughs> to month here. Yeah. Um, but let's talk about what you do. So what I do, and then I can, and then we'll talk about what a lot of my clients do. I don't have a profit sharing plan. But you give period. out bonuses. I give out bonuses, but there's a difference between giving out bonuses and making it a profit sharing plan. In a profit okay. sharing plan, people know your profits. I don't want people to know my profits. I don't want my employees to know, well, you know, what our revenues are and what our profit sharing. And by the way, that's a debatable topic okay. because I, I have clients that have the same point of view, but then as they get older and they want to have a more formalized profit sharing plan, which we'll talk about, that's okay. driven by net profits. Well, you've got to share that information with your employees. Okay, so I don't want to share that information. How with my do you decide bonuses then? Do you have that built into people's contracts? Like no. you're going to get like 10% of the It's your all birth? discretionary. Okay. Um, so every year um, at the end of the year, I generally gave uh, give a week's salary as bonus okay. is what it is. And um, the thing that you, you have to remember about that is um, once you do it, you really can't go back. Yeah. Like I can't give you a week's you know, bonus in 2016 and 2017 being like, oh, sorry, Elizabeth, I'm not in the mood to do that. Well, then why don't you, you can't do take it, it away. as a percentage of your profits? Because I don't want people to know what my profits are. why do you are. have to tell them? Because then they're going to question. I mean, they're, if I, if I, if I, it, it complicates the conversation. You know, if I say to them, look, I'm going to, I'm going to give you a percentage of my profits and then one year it's higher, one year it's lower. Um, it's, it's sharing too much information with okay. everybody. And to me, it's just, you get a week's salary and that's, you know, and that's what it is. And by the way, I also add on, um, some out of vacation time as well. Okay. I do that too, so but it's discretionary, discretionary, discretionary. Do you give raises every year? We do. Okay. So, and the raises have generally raised between two to 3% every, okay. you know, every year. And the average salary increase for 2017, um, this is according to like paychecks, you know, the big payroll companies, about 2.7%. Okay. Um, we're looking to see the same in, in 2018. So every year you are giving a little more. If you're giving a raise and then you're yeah. also giving a Yeah, salary. but that, a raise is not a profit sharing. A raise and a raise yeah. is expected. I mean, you would, you know, people expect to get their raises. And yeah. That's just, that's just what it is. There's never been, other than there was two years where we didn't give raises and it was right during the recession. Okay. We really held tight, but then we started giving them okay. again. You got to do it to be competitive. So if you work for me, um, you get your salary, you know, it, it, there is a raise. Uh, you're performing based on your performance review, which that's another topic to talk about. Um, but then, um, you know, all things being good, you can, you can expect to get a week's salary as your bonus. What businesses, before we dive into profit sharing plans, does it make sense for all businesses to give bonuses or do you think some businesses should never do that? Well, I I don't want to say some businesses shouldn't. People kind of expect, once they start doing it, people are going to expect it. Because yeah. so, I've worked at small businesses where I never got You never a got a bonus. So yeah. you never expected one. And that was just the way it was. And so there was no, so if you're not giving bonuses to your employees, 
uh, you should, uh, there, there's no reason to you know, start doing it. So unless why you think, do you do it? Well, I, I just always thought it was a good thing to do. I kind of grew up on that. I always got bonuses at my, when I worked in corporate America. Do you so think it used retains, it. it helps with employee retention? No. I think at this point, I think everybody just expects it like an extra paycheck. Yeah. And if I didn't give a bonus, it would hurt me. It's almost like, sometimes I do think that to myself, like, you know, I don't even know why I started doing this. Cause now it's like, I have to do it. And when if I don't do you, it, when do you pretty, a few years into the business, you when, know, what time of year do you give them out? at the Christmas time, okay. like around, around the end of the year, it's okay. usually, so and then like what I do with the bonus as well. And I still do this. We were talking in a previous podcast about, um, handwritten notes. I do, I, we have a special payroll run, uh, with, you know, the week's salary. There's only 10 people in my company for God's mm-hmm. sake. So I always make it a thing where I, um, um, I take the check itself. It's a physically signed check I do. And I, um, and then I slip it in with the, um, like a holiday card. And you write and I, like thanks yeah yeah i don't not even i got a little little nice message i'm gonna give you some credit and then uh and then i mail it to the person and um one of my employees told me this years ago like they didn't even know they got the bonus from me because it was like in a stack of christmas cards that they got <laughs> they didn't even like oh they weren't even they fell behind they were away they didn't open it until like january i was like geez but now everybody expects when they get that card for the, the holiday card from gene like trust me it's the yeah. first card they open uh when they get it so that's what we do. It's a, so if you're running a business and you, you do want to get, there's no requirements to do it. Just remember, if you're going to give bonuses, once you start, you cannot go back. Yeah. Uh, people expect what they got the last year. They will expect it again this year. And number two is um, if you want to make it discretionary, that gives you, that's what I do. That does give you the most flexibility. So you're not tied into any contractual agreement of giving people bonuses. Most of my clients that are less than, say, 50 employees, if they do give bonuses, they give it's a discretionary bonus. Now, we talk about different bonus plans that there are. So the most popular thing that I've seen my clients do, and this is, again, this is 2017, um, is they, they tie it to people's 401k plans. Okay. So most now we don't have a 401k plan in our business, and I'm going to institute one this year. Um, it's crazy. I just have a retirement plan for myself, um, like an IRA. And then your your employees are just like on their own. They're on their own, yeah. and it's so stupid. It's like it's like less than a thousand bucks to get it set up, and I and I'm gonna do it. I, I am gonna do it this year, and I'm gonna I'm gonna make a change because I've learned from other clients. If you have a four hundred one k plan, nobody is required to contribute to it if they don't want to. But of course, they're encouraged to do it. They put money away for retirement. That's good. But as an employer, you can use the four hundred one k plan for the bonus. So in other words, you have a 401k account, um, you know, if you at least enroll in the 401k plan, you don't have to contribute anything to it. When you get your bonus at the end of the year, I'm going to put it into their 401k plan is what I'm going to do. Okay. And um, it's, again, it's still discretionary, but I'm going to give it to them that way. That way, it's just kind of forcing them to put money away for their retirement, yeah. you know, and it's still money, it's still there and you can yeah. always cash it out if you want to. But, and I... I have a lot of clients that do the same thing. So like they don't give checks for bonuses. Thousand dollars to set up. The yeah, it's very day. inexpensive to set it up. See, it could be even less. And if you go to some banks, like Capital One has this whole thing where they—that's what I'm going to do it with. I think they—they've um, got a whole division that does it, and it's very—they have all the banks have uh, divisions for small businesses. Yeah. And if you talk to your bank, um, again, I—I I looked at a bunch of them, and I like the Capital One. You do one. have to be careful though, and make sure you're not locked into a bunch of mutual funds that charge like huge rates. It's a whole other conversation yeah. about 401k plans, but you're right because some of them are—you um, know—you've got a fiduciary duty over that money. You've got to yeah. make sure you're giving people choices. You got to file tax returns for the 401k. There's stuff you got to do. All right. It's so all let's, cookie cutter let's do another episode on 401k Yeah, plans, it's a good conversation then. to yeah. have. But
but getting back to bonuses, um, again, if you're you're running a business, you're like, you know what, I'm going to start doing bonuses, or maybe I'm already doing bonuses. I've just seen, um, you know, the majority of my guys, a large trend of clients, they 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 put the bonuses into a 401k okay. plan. All right, so let's talk about a profit sharing plan. Yeah, so we don't have a profit sharing plan. I do have clients that do. Um, I do have a lot of readers that 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 write to me about their own profit sharing plans. And is a um, profit sharing plans. I generally see that with larger than smaller businesses. So I a rule of thumb, more than 50 people is re- still just, considered a small business. It's still considered, but it's just a little bit larger than a mom and pop type yep. of thing. Although it could be mom and pop with 50. But, yeah. you know, I'm just giving you a rule of thumb that um, when you start getting to that size, I, I, I see people, they, they gravitate towards a, a profit sharing plan. A profit sharing plan, this I I don't like it for my business. And again, this is a debate to have elsewhere. But um, you, if you're going to have a profit sharing plan, you have to disclose your profits. So that means that, you know, it, it's a contractual plan and you're going to be taking a certain percentage of your profits and putting it you know, away in the form of bonuses to people. And therefore, people are going to have to know what your profits are so that they know that they're being allocated what they what they deserve. So is there a business that that's better for like let's say you have a big culture sales force it's a culture it's a culture it really it's a business where i have um, i have a client outside of philadelphia it's a guy that runs a roofing company he's got about 60 employees and he he tries to run his company like a big business right for better or for worse and he's done well um but he shares the company's financial performance with all of his employees. Okay. I mean, from salespeople to the admin, you know, so they all know how the company's doing, you know, and profitable or not, because he believes he, his, you know, his attitude is we're all in this together. You, the more profits that we make, the more you get is your bonus yeah. at the end I of the year. I kind of like that as an sure. employee. I hear you. So, and you know what? His employees like it too. I mean, so there's a strong argument to be made for having that attitude, but um, you know, there are a lot of business owners like me that's like, you know what? I, I just don't want to share. It's too personal for me to share in my little business. Um, so that's a debate. It's just a, yeah. it's a debate to have. But if you want to tie it into your profits, you just just know you're going to have to disclose the profits. So how would you get this started? Do you go to like your <clears throat> banker? You do. Okay. Your so accountant? it's not really your banker. Your accountant is a really great place to start or an attorney that specializes like okay. in employee benefits. Um, it's you, there, you, you, you create a formalized contract for the, your profit sharing plan with your accountant, with your accountant. Um, and there is, remember, you know, whatever bonuses you're paying are tax deductible and whatnot, but these types of plans themselves devise them in all different ways. Like for example, how do you distribute the profit? Like say your company makes it's 10% profit and it's a hundred, you know, you made a, I don't know, a hundred dollars in profit this year. Okay. Who gets it? You know, like, you know, does everybody get an equal amount? Well, I don't know. Don't your managers deserve, you know, the uppity ups deserve more than, you know, the the, the lower classes? Yeah, I don't oh, know. The people that are actually doing, doing the, work. the work. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, they, these are all um, issues that come up as to how it's it's then allocated once you determine what those profits are. Most large companies have a set percentage of your salary that you can expect to get every year in your bonus. So if the bonus pool is fully funded, you're getting that percentage if it's not you're not going to get that percentage but it is discretionary right and you know we like to hear what big companies do that small businesses are into that so that's interesting that that you would do that again that also presents a math problem by the way just you know figuring all that out yeah complicated it is complicated. And a lot of small businesses like mine just don't have the time to figure all that out. And that's where you can maybe lean on your accountant a little bit to make it as simple as possible. Correct. But you're also kind of rewarding people. Correct. 
Now, what I found at some clients is, um, first of all, everybody creates pools. So, you know, okay, it's 10% profit. We have $100 in profits and $10 of it is going to go to the profit sharing, you know? Okay. So then what happens is um, I have companies that- Wait, wait, wait. Back up a, mi- a minute. So you have profits. And then you say your profit sharing plan says we will put 10% or 5% or 15%. Okay. And that's what you're working out with your accountant. That's correct. Okay. Like what you think is the right number that you're going to be, you know, giving away. Then- as far as allocating it to your employees, you then create pools. So you say, okay, uh, I've got our manager of the warehouse and I've got the manager of uh, customers or the office manager or customer service. And I've got the sales manager. That's, you know, I've got those three people that work in this business. We're an established business, right? So um, we're going to give each of them a third of the yeah. profit, and then we're, we'll leave it up to them to distribute it among their their people, and they can play God. Now, okay. I have clients to do that, you know, and say, "Listen, you're you're the manager, so you know your good people. For, you determine how you're going to give it out." You know, um, some people like to get a little bit more complicated and saying, "Well, at certain levels, they should be at least getting a certain amount." Yeah. Um, but you want to give your people flexibility. Now, to if do your that. profits are down, no bonus pool. Yeah, it's true, and that gets. Again, that's where you get into trouble when you're sharing numbers, you know what I mean? Because when your profits are down, this is what I've seen with clients. First of all, people will question, why am I getting a bonus this year? Well, our profits are down. Oh, really? Yeah, it wasn't my (laughs) fault or my group was doing well or I had a great year. And, you know, so you get people like pointing fingers at each other and getting into fights on all that. That's why I don't even want to deal. That's why I just give a week's salary. And some years that's good and some years it's, you know, it's been good. But that's that's generally what we've done to share profits. Now, by the way, I know you're going to ask another question, but I just want to say, you know, this probably doesn't apply to to many people listening to this podcast. But um, a lot of technology companies, startups, venture capital funded companies. We have those listeners. Okay, but I'm just saying, I don't know if that's the majority of people because we're talking about established businesses here. But companies like that that are looking to go public. You know, they, a lot of them have stock option plans, you know, and restricted stock plans where you're giving away equity yes. in your company as part of your profits. You know, so it's not even a lot of times not making profits, but you give away equity. So you give away stock options, to, you know, that we can buy into stock. So that's a whole other conversation to have. Um, and that's a whole separate plans, you know, non-qualified or qualified stock option plans that you can that you can offer to your employees. Um, but most of my clients and I'm going to bet most of the people listening to this podcast, I don't want to, you know, you know, I don't want to say presume, presume but uh, most of my clients don't, they're not going to go public and they don't have, you know, they're not venture funded and they don't have that yeah. kind of, that kind of structure. If people have more questions about profit sharing plans, reach please out, comment in the, in the comments. I'm actually going to make, not make Gene, but I'm going to strongly encourage Gene to reply I to will. any of I those will. comments. Oh, I'll reply. Um, I was so excited because a couple months ago we did a podcast about content marketing. And I said, anyone that comments on this, tell me about your business. I'll give you some content marketing ideas. And someone did. And we're going to talk about that in an upcoming podcast. But we're going to be right back with Jean's word of brilliance. This podcast is brought to you by The Hartford. When the unexpected strikes, The Hartford strikes back for over 1 million small business customers. Check out The Hartford Small Business Insurance at thehartford.com. Okay, and we're back with Jean's word of brilliance. So the word of brilliance today, it's, you know, I, I know it's two words, Elizabeth, so don't yell at me, but it's like, we, should, we need to change it to the phrase of brilliance, yes. I think, okay? But um, the words... Just brilliance. Just brilliance. Brilliance. Silver tsunami. 
The silver tsunami refers to um, the aging workforce. That's what we talked about before, where all of these older people um, uh, were getting older and people that own businesses uh, were getting out of the businesses. Yeah. And there was a concern as to whether or not they would have a secession plan and it yeah. could put a lot of people out of work, right? Well, there's another silver tsunami going on, which actually is a good thing. And if you're a merchant or you are selling to consumers, this is important for you to know. Big stores, department stores like Kohl's and Macy's and, and, and Target um, are looking at their demographics and they are realizing that a lot of shoppers are coming into their stores are older than they were before and they got extra cash because those baby boomers, they are, you know, they've, they've done okay and they have changed. They're changing some of the things they're doing. For example, Boscov's, which is a department store in the, in the Mid-Atlantic. I don't know if you guys have I've them in Hartford. I've never heard of that. They're no. all up and down like the East Coast and um, they just started a hearing aid division Right really? to, to cater to their customers, the um, Best Buy is now um, doing the those systems. Those you know, I fall and I can't get up systems okay. and communication systems, and they're having their Geek Squad install it for their customers because they're reason, re, you know, realizing that there yeah. is a need. So my, my advice to you is that if you're a merchant, you're a store, a lot of other stores are looking at the customers coming. They're adjusting their shelves. They're putting in big signs for help, you know, to, to assist there. They're widening aisles to yeah. allow people with canes and wheelchairs to so, walk around. It's a changing demographic. I have noticed this because they just redid the Nordstrom's mm. in West Farms Mall in Hartford, Connecticut. And they made the section for like teens and early 20s, like a lot bigger, like what I would call like the junior section. Okay. And then jeans, like I have no idea about women's no. attire. No, um, don't go there. And then they made the section for what I would call, I guess, like 50 plus yeah. a lot bigger. Okay. And then the area where I shop, the, <laughs> the 30 something In betweeners, yep. The Gen Xers, I guess, <laughs> right. is a lot smaller now. Yeah. Isn't that funny? Um, because they've realized they're looking at their demographics and they're saying, okay, those teens, that's a demographic there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then the 50 plus generation yeah, is the yeah, same yeah. thing. So when you're restocking your store, when you're, depending on what you're selling, if, even if you're a coffee shop, if you're a restaurant, um, think, you know, what do you know, older people yeah. like to eat or or drink, or uh, how do like they to, like to be served? How do they like to be served? You know, you and I have always talked about, uh, you know, like for example, like the you know, mobile payments and yeah. making sure you. Uh, okay, listen. Depending on your location, if your clientele is an older clientele, maybe they're not so crazy about a mobile. Maybe yeah. they like to do it they the just old way. Use their credit card. That's right. So um, I guess I just say that the point of the whole silver tsunami that's happening and continuing to happen is that big stores are recognizing this and making changes to what they're offering and how they're designed. And if you're running a, you know, a, a small business, you should be doing the same. Good advice. We'll be back in a couple days. And our next episode is going to be about how to survive a natural disaster mm. as a small business owner, which is not something that we really want to have to talk about, but obviously we do. Thanks for joining Elizabeth and Jean for another edition of the Small Biz Ahead podcast. For the latest on small business trends straight from the small business experts, visit the Hartford Small Biz Ahead. We've got articles, how-tos, and videos to help you run your business more efficiently. Check us out at smallbizahead.com.